Welcome to The Porch Cast, the podcast where we talk about being a creative business owner and all the crazy ups and downs that go along with that. I'm your host, Kristen Sweeting, and I can't wait to get started. Well, hey, and welcome back to The Porch Cast. I'm so excited to have my gorgeous team here with me today, Jen Madigan and Jillian Todd, and we're we're chatting sabbatical and kind of the surprising things and maybe not so surprising things we figured out about ourselves and our businesses when we were off for a whole month. Um, had you guys ever taken a sabbatical before or like that much time off before from your business? Not at all. And like... I'll get into it a little bit too when we start talking deeper, but I was like very anxious going into sabbatical um, because I was like, wait, I love you guys so much. I'm not going to get to see you or like any of our clients for a month. Um, So yeah, the longest vacation I think I'd take or time off I'd taken before was like maybe a week, maybe a week and a half. So this was definitely a big shift for me. Totally. Longest trip I've ever taken um, was 12 days, 12 days off. Um, and that was like, actually when I did study abroad in Greece. Um, and so it wasn't, I didn't even take my laptop. So I really wasn't working. I mean, I was doing stuff like fun stuff for my business and we did workshopping and stuff. So maybe you wouldn't consider that 12 days off, but to me, it felt like it because I wasn't working with clients at all. I, it was very much focused on me and something I wanted to do. Yeah. But personal vacations probably... I, my favorite type of vacation is like five days. <laughs> That's like my, my good sweet spot. Um, but seven days is probably the longest other, like in a really personal vein. Yeah. Do you guys want to introduce yourself real fast? Jillian, do you want to go first? What you do, who you are, where you are, all of those things. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm Jillian Todd. I'm a finance coach, the resident money coach for Dangerous Creatives and the Mastermind and Dangerous School. Um, and also Kristen CFO. So helping her with invoices and money and all the things. Um, I'm based in Atlanta. I have a dog named Ginger. Um, and I'm really just obsessed with everything <laughs> that we do here at Dangerous Creatives. Like I was a member of Dangerous School and then I joined the Mastermind and I'm on the team. And I just feel like it's been, it's been such a great experience. I don't know what I was supposed to talk about in my introduction, but that's, <laughs> that's what came up. <laughs> Also, world peace. <laughs> <laughs> world peace. <laughs> I loved that. It was very pageant-esque of you. Um, I'm Jen Madigan, and I'm based outside of Cleveland. I am a photographer, but also run a virtual assistant and online business manager type business. I've been working with Kristen on her team, kind of helping her manage the day-to-day stuff on the back side of her business since the fall of 2019 and just love being a part of such a cool business that um, really prioritizes just the wholeness of a, of a business owner and their business and not just little tiny pieces of like hustle here, do this productivity. It's all about like making sure that you're in a good place as a human as well. I feel like we need a real cool title for you. I don't know that we've like come up with the perfect title for Jen yet. I don't think we have either. <laughs> we'll take suggestions. I'll put a suggestion box somewhere. <laughs> when um when I broke my hand last summer, the joke was that you were my right hand woman because my right hand is broken. <laughs> and I was like, she literally is. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Well, when when I came up with the, or I didn't even really come up with the idea of a sabbatical because lots of people take sabbaticals and I've seen it in other businesses. And also every time I've traveled to Europe, I always loved that. Um, it's just kind of a thing that everyone does is take a month off in the summer, take August off. And I've kind of done it before, but usually was still very much in my business, like still answering emails every day, still doing all the things. Um, so when I was like, hey, we're going to do a paid sabbatical this year and everyone's taking a month off, like, what was your reaction? Was it positive? Was it, was there trepidation? What, uh, did you think I'd gone a little bit crazy? <laughs> what were your thoughts? I definitely thought you were, you went a little bit crazy. I was like, there's no way that we're just all going to take a month off. That's insane. And I, I even, I like, because this is who I am, I was like, okay, maybe Kristen will take a month off, but like, I'm surely not going to take a month off. Cause I was just like, I have no idea what that would look like. I have no idea what it would feel like. I feel like I would have a panic attack and day two. Um, so yeah, that was <laughs> my initial reaction. I was like, okay, we'll see. You're like, we'll see how it actually works out. <laughs> yeah. My first reaction was good for you. Not for me. <laughs> um, I didn't really think it was going to be something I could actually do. I, I just thought I would either continue working like I was normally, or I would become one with my couch scrolling TikTok and I'd reach the end of the internet. Like I just couldn't envision what that looks like. And finally, I think I was like, okay, I'm going to try, but in order to be even somewhat successful at this, I'm going to have to go somewhere for a lengthy amount of time, like be away from my home, Um, which like I said, five days is kind of a vacation sweet spot. So planning a two week trip felt very uncomfortable, (laughs) but I knew that I had to do it or I wasn't going to even have a chance at doing any kind of time off, let alone a month. I feel like some people might look at us and be like, it took that much work for you to figure out how to take a month off. And I'm like, we're all first children. We're all very responsible. We all really care about what we do. And, and if you have run a business, you know how like much a part of you it becomes. And so the fear of like, what happens if I step away? What happens if I, you know, what if all my value is tied up in this work that I do? And if I step away from it, then all of a sudden I have this crisis. Like, what did you kind of do leading up to the sabbatical to like plan for it, to give yourself space, time off? Was there anything you had to think through ahead of time? I feel like a big thing that I have learned this year or like really made a lot of progress with is kind of like what you just said, like separating myself from my business, understanding that I am not the work that I do, which sounds insane when you say it out loud, but that's really how I felt. Like, especially in the beginning when you're just like trying to get this thing off the ground, you're working all the time. Like you and your business are so intertwined. I used to joke that I like would work and then I'd come home and do more work and then I would like pass out and do more work again. Right. And so like for me, kind of uncoupling that helped make the idea of a sabbatical a little bit easier, right? Because if I was still in that place where like I was my work and I was not worth anything or um, really didn't have any outside hobbies or outside things to do if I wasn't working, that's where it kind of became an identity crisis. So uncoupling myself from my work was like, huge in that and like figuring out like what else are things that I love to do like what are hobbies what are things I could get into that are not related to me at my computer 
Yeah. And what were, what were some of those things? Cause it's like a discovery process, right? It's not like one day you're like, Oh, I now have all these interests that are outside my business, especially when you're used to, I mean, you're right. Like when I built my business, it was my hobby on top of my full-time job. So it was like, I had my full-time job and then I came home and it was fun to work on my hobby business, um, which then became, you know, everything, which I think is a lot of people's experience as entrepreneurs. So like, as you're discovering things you like, what were some of those things that came out for you that you're like, oh my gosh, I like doing this? Yeah, totally. So um, I always joke, getting really into astrology was my quarantine hobby. So <laughs> I like started reading and like getting into like that a little bit. I did like tons of puzzles, but um, also through learning about my human design, I'm a two four. If you're into human design, so my community is really important to me and like really diving headfirst into like my relationships, especially like those in-person connections. So like once we were all able to get vaccinated, that was amazing. And I was able to hang out with friends and have people at my pool and go have coffee dates and get dinner. Um, and so that really felt, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for. That really felt like grounding and inspiring. And it gave me something else to look forward to that was not just work. Totally. Yeah. You mentioned human design and I kind of like hearing people's like Myers-Briggs and Enneagram and astrology. Like, can you kind of lay out all your personality types for me? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, I will tell you all of the things. I am an ENFJ, an Enneagram 5, a 2-4 generator, 2-4 emotional generator in human design. And I'm an Aquarius sun, Virgo moon, and Cancer rising. So that's all the things you need to know about me. If you are into any of those things, you can like tell me my whole life. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's really yeah, cool. I painted a whole picture because I, I love all of those things. I'm like, oh, the Virgo moon. Yes. I understand. Yeah. Completely. It makes, it makes <laughs> a lot of sense. Like when you get into it, you're like, oh, that's why. Cool. <laughs> totally. Um, Jen, what about you? What were, um, some things leading up or things you discovered about yourself when you started separating work and life? Yeah. So for me, I think just the real, like after the initial resistance, the realization that I knew for me to be even remotely successful, I had to leave my home. I had to get out of my house and go somewhere else because for me, and you know, I'm 41 and I, since I've been 20, I feel like there's maybe been just maybe two years out of that time frame where I haven't worked from home. So I either worked as a nanny or I've run my own business. So for me, home, it's very hard to like separate work and relaxation and playtime. Um, and to double that, you know, difficulty, I also have, you know, my phone is what I do a lot of business on. And so that's also something as humans now we carry with us always and we're addicted to, at least I am. And so I'm on there all the time. So I really, I had to, plan a lengthy trip away from my home. And I also had to pick some spots that were so remote that there was no Wi-Fi. Um, so I guess just even realizing that that stuff about myself, like the best vacation that I've ever had have been when I've gone to Europe because I can be out and about and my phone doesn't really work unless I pay for it too. Um, and I'm cheap. So <laughs> I usually just use the Wi-Fi when I get back to the Airbnb, but it like allows me to really be present and relax and enjoy my trip. And so I needed to recreate a similar experience here in the US. Um, and that like that realization of like this is what I need to even, you know, attempt this um was really good information for me to have 
you know, even going forward of like, if I really need to decompress, what are the things I need to do to be successful? Yeah. And like time away from your phone being a big one and being out of the house being another one or like going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, what yeah. are your, the what are you? The temptation to work is too great otherwise. Oh yeah. Well, it's like I walk into my house and instantly get stressed because I see everything I have to do, right? Like the laundry and the work and the cleaning and, and it, so, you know, I I'm similar. Like I have to go on a walk to clear my head or I have to go on a trip or I have to do something where I'm like being very intentional about where I want to put my time. Um, what are your personality, uh, you know, astrology, Enneagram? Yeah. So I'm an Enneagram one, shocking I know with my chosen profession um I think I'm a nine wing I have I mean they're both pretty they're there but I think I lean more towards the nine wing I am an ESFJ I thought I was an ESFP for a long time but I'm not I'm an ESFJ I am a Leo with a Leo rising so I'm like a true Leo I don't know my other like moons or whatever but my sun sign is leo and my rising is leo so you know you present as your rising so there's that and then um my human design i'm a five one and i'm a triple split i don't forget what that means but five one emotional generator um so the five one is very much like knowledge hungry and also tends to um people look to them to be fixed or helped. Um, and so that's the nickname for it is the heretic. Um, so you tend to get burned at the stake when you can't provide what people want from you. So that's a struggle <laughs> that I <laughs> feel very uh, in tune with. <laughs> I'm that one. I'm that too in, in human design. I'm the, but I'm the sacral five one generator, which is also the heretic. Um, and then I'm an Enneagram too, and a Pisces sun, Aquarius rising, Pisces moon. So I'm like as emotional and dreamy as you can get. I'm like, let's talk about feelings more. <laughs> How else do you feel? <laughs> so so we all work well. Together. I love knowing that. Yeah. I love knowing this kind of stuff about people like Gen year five one just like speaks to my soul. <laughs> it's not even that's so yeah, that's so accurate. I can see it with you too, Kristen. Just like people putting you in that savior role and then like again bringing you at the safe when it doesn't necessarily work out. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so fun. So fun. Yeah. I feel like that would that explains a lot about why like success can be scary <laughs> as a five one. <laughs> the the odds are greater of the being you know burned at the stake for (laughs) disappointing people that's how we feel that's the pressure we put on ourselves too right it was like oh if I let someone down it's like the end of the world so okay but back to sabbatical so Jen what did you end up planning planning for your sabbatical what worked what didn't work did you do any work while you were on sabbatical (laughs) (laughs) my attorneys have advised me not to answer that question (laughs) um (laughs) I okay so I went two weeks like mid-July so like the 9th through the 24th I went out with my partner we went out to Oregon and like kind of did a couple we did Portland we did Bend Cannon Beach Hood River like around there we were there the longest like five days 
saw some friends that I hadn't seen in a while. Then we road tripped to Moab and stayed at Under Canvas, which, you know, I'll explain that in a second. And then we <laughs> went to Glenwood Springs, Colorado, did the hot springs there, and then finished the trip out at my partner's dad's house. We visited him for a couple of days and then flew back from Denver. So it was kind of this like meandering road trip for two weeks, but the longest we were anywhere was Portland for five days. Um, Bend, we were there for three, but after that, it was like two days here, two days here, two days here. Um, so what I learned, what I liked, what I didn't like, um, I've learned that if I'm going to go somewhere for two weeks, I'm going to just sit on a beach in Hawaii (laughs) or go to Europe or something like that. Like the road trip part of it was not for me. I don't, it felt stressful to move every few days. Um, I also, as much as I appreciate the free accommodations to stay with friends, it stressed me out a lot to stay with friends or family. I would rather have my own space if I'm going to be on a trip. Um, glamping is still camping and it's not something that I enjoy, (laughs) (laughs) particularly (laughs) in the desert in the middle of July. It was like the surface of the sun. Like I just, it was one of the worst experiences and I don't know why I thought I would like it, but my partner really liked it. And ultimately I think when I booked it, I thought it was something that he would enjoy and was hoping that it would be something that I would enjoy, but it, fancy camping is still camping. There's just, there's, that's just the bottom line. <laughs> so, but we did a lot of things that we both really loved and um, there are parts of it I would totally do again. It just felt like a really long time um, to be away. Totally. Well, and one of the things we've talked about with, with like our clients when they're planning their sabbatical is to kind of plan things based on your core values. Did you feel like you hit on any of your core values when you were planning your sabbatical or, or, um, maybe like that's part one of the question. And part two is like, which ones would you want to make sure you incorporate next time? Yeah. Um, gosh, I wasn't considering my core values when I planned it. Um, but when I think about vacation and like, what sounds fun to me, like when I, when I, what vacations have I enjoyed the most? seeing friends or being with friends. A lot of my vacations that I take are actually with other creatives and people that I'm friends with versus my partner. Um, And my partner really likes a lot of different things than I do. Uh, And so I think, you know, I planned it more with his values and, and things in mind. Um, Yeah. I mean, one of my biggest values is efficiency like obviously Enneagram one and you know all the things that I am uh and this trip felt very inefficient um at times because we were moving so much and also because of that it didn't feel restful like I was constantly stressed out about you know and we made a few adjustments but like I don't know plus I think the length of the trip I was like how much money is this costing me? <laughs> like that was always a factor too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't know if that answers the question. What well, do you think but, you would do differently? Like if, if you were planning one for next year, like what would you plan differently now knowing what you know? I think that if I was going to take a trip, I would maybe take two week long trips with like a week at home in between. Um, I would probably just pick a location that either I could take like little day trips 
to do, do different things. Um, that's not what we did in Portland. Like Portland was our home base. And we went to Cannon beach for the day. We went to hood river for the day. Um, but I always came back to the same place where all my stuff was. Um, so I think something like that, where it's like, I having like a set home base and just kind of exploring versus like moving States (laughs) every few days. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I do think though that seven, I think 10 days is my absolute limit seven days would feels better. Um, and having two different trips and maybe it's not both with my partner. We had a great time and it was really good for our relationship, but I, I also would be fine like doing a week somewhere with him than doing a week with friends or by myself, um, and doing something maybe different because a lot of that vacation that we did revolved around doing a lot of outdoor activities like hiking and doing things that like aren't necessarily what I would choose to do on a vacation. So maybe breaking it up a little differently would be what I would do next time. Love it. Jillian, what did you do? And did you base any on your core values or see how you made any connections with them or anything that you would change for next time? Yeah. I mean, I, kind of did a 180 from what I originally thought I would do on sabbatical. Like in the beginning of the year, I was thinking like, I'll do a month where I just like road trip, kind of like what Jim said, honestly, but like visiting a lot of friends, um, taking my dog with me, just like basically not being home for the month of July. But um, I actually did kind of like a similar road trip out West with my family earlier this year in like May we did the Yellowstone, Tetons. So I kind of felt like I got that experience. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I want to choose to do this again for my sabbatical. Like it was fun, but it was also really stressful. Um, and when I do look at, I already kind of shared, like I was feeling kind of anxious going into sabbatical. Like I wasn't sure what that would look like. Um, as you know, in the mastermind, I see you guys every single week for two hours. And then we also have our team call and there's also Voxer going on. So there was like going to be, a really big gap. And I was worried about feeling really lonely on sabbatical. And I felt like also if, you know, also not having these connections and then isolating myself a little bit more by not even being home and not having those connections to like be able to have dinner with my mom or friends or anything like that. Um, so I'm really glad that I didn't do the big adventurous trip that I was planning originally. Um, I think planning it for next year, I think I would like to go on a trip maybe. And like, I kind of like the idea of what Jen said of like maybe a solo trip because I do really love those. That's like a week in a really cool place. Um, and then something that's really fun with friends, right? Like going to the beach, going um, somewhere really cool, maybe going out of the country when we can do that more um, and people feeling more comfortable. But I think it was, I was almost disappointed with myself for not going on a trip or doing anything big for it. Like, you know, in the lead up to sabbatical, everyone's like, what are you doing? What's your plan? And I was like, I'm going to be at home. Um, but I think in hindsight, that's what I needed. And it really gave me a lot of time to like, again, dig into those personal connections and like, just be bored, which I think is also the point of sabbatical, like slow down, be bored, have time to contemplate. And I don't think I would have given myself that if I'd been on the road, I think it would have been a lot of like doing this, doing that, taking pictures, hanging out with friends and not giving myself the space that I really needed, um, during sabbatical. Have you guys, so I just thought of this because this was another idea that I had for next time. This might, I don't know, appeal to you, Jillian, because you do like kind of being around people, but also getting that break. Um, is I was like, well, maybe next year I would rent a house for a month somewhere I could drive so I could take my dog. 
um, like Florida or South Carolina or somewhere, and then just invite people to come down for like a long weekend, or maybe my mom would want to come for a week or my partner would want to come for a week. And then I'm like away. Cause for me, like the biggest part is being away. Right. And so, but I'd still have a home base. I could go do fun things that I don't normally get to do. Like I don't, you know, live near the ocean. That would be cool to have like within walking distance or a new, just a change of scenery while also not being totally isolated and alone for a month. Cause my partner can't take a month off of work. Like he just can't. And that, I think that was another factor into my sabbatical is that he could commit to a two week trip, but that was it. And like, I couldn't, even if I, I mean, I could have planned something by myself, but I chose not to. Um, but I think something like that might be a good solution for next year. Yeah, I definitely thought about that for sure. Like many a house on the beach, specifically thinking about like Miami because I feel like that's really fun and bougie. But um, yeah, that is a really good option. Yeah, I think like my sabbatical was so based around connection and community that it was kind of broken up into different sections, like connecting with my family. Um, And then it was my son's birthday and we had like a whole birthday week back at home where, so it was like connecting with my immediate family on a road trip and then coming back home, having Hudson's birthday and family coming into town. And like, I love hosting people. I had like so many people in this house and it was so fun. So it was like family week. And then the last week was going to be like connecting with myself and going alone to this cabin, which went horribly wrong. I've already talked about that on this podcast. And I like came back early and it was this whole, this whole dramatic thing, but I did just do my solo trip to Paris last week. And I was like, Oh, Connecting with myself is a big part of my connection, my connection core value. And I felt the freedom to do that because I had just had these other big connecting times with people I care about. So I didn't feel like the mom guilt or like the spouse guilt because I was like, you guys are fine. We just went on a two week vacation together. Like, you'll be okay. I'm going to go. Bye. (laughs) And I always come back so much like, nicer of a person after I've connected with myself for a little bit and just walked around and not had to be anything for anybody. And I think that's like what I need in a sabbatical too, is a little piece of that. Yeah. Do you feel like, I don't know if you guys feel this way ever, but like, I felt like, you know, cause I felt like I needed to travel for my sabbatical, but I came back being like, I need a vacation <laughs> from my vacation. Like it didn't feel restful necessarily. I don't know if you guys ever experienced that, but that I feel like is always something I like to travel, but it's very draining for me. So when I come back, I almost feel overwhelmed if I have to jump right back into something, which was this worked out well, because I did have a week between when I got back and when work kind of started back up. But I do think that's why I like the the longer month, because, yeah, if you just go away, if I just go away for a week, like. I do get re-inspired on them, but especially if I am having to, um, like I'd say family trips where I'm also parenting and also in these other roles, those tend to be, while they're like really fulfilling, they're also more draining. And I come back and need like a few days just totally by myself. I'm like, don't touch me. Don't talk to me. Like, I'm just going to be right here. Um, whereas like a solo trip, I come back feeling more energized. Um, but I do think that's why I need the longer time because it took me like five days to not um, not just instantly try to pick up my phone and do the scroll through like all the different apps, you know? I was trying to be off social media and I do this thing. I don't know if you guys do this. It makes me feel horrible that I do. I open the phone 
and I have like five apps that I cycle through and I check. (laughs) And even when I'm trying not to get online, I still will like just instinctively try to do my five app like spree, you know? And I'm like, oh my gosh, it took me like five days to not just automatically try to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I made a very concerted effort to not post on Instagram for that month. And I think I shared like one or two photos and maybe one or two stories, but for the most part, I mean, I was still on it, but I kind of was like, this is my vacation. And just because I'm on vacation doesn't mean I have to share it with the world. And that actually felt really good and very freeing not to feel like I have to make this vacation look like I'm having the best time ever because there were days where I wanted to go home and I was, you know, having a hard time, but like taking that pressure over myself, like I can just be here and be present and enjoy this trip without having to share it with the people who follow me was very wonderful. And in fact, since getting back, I've barely posted on Instagram because I just felt so much joy with not having that pressure on myself anymore that is such a good point Jen and I feel that all the time so usually again because it's like what what my business is and like I feel like you guys have this too but like your personal brand so usually when I go on vacation or I travel like for the big road trip I did earlier this year like I was posting on Instagram every day like I did like photo drops I wasn't like on constantly because I didn't have service in the parks but like I would like upload photos and I was like interacting with people and so it's so funny like it almost feels like you're selling your vacation right or you're like selling that travel and so like a couple times a year like earlier this year I went to San Diego and I like didn't post anything like nobody knew and it felt like my own little like secret vacation which is so weird to think about but like I totally relate to that because I feel like sometimes I'm like oh well I'm going on this really cool trip this will make great content and it's so nice to like free yourself from that and be like, I'm not going to do this to myself. Like, I'm just going to let myself have the thing because I can have the thing. Not because it also like makes for a pretty background on my Instagram story. I totally, and I think part of why I was in that mode too, is I read this book called the third door, like on the plane, basically to my vacation. And one quote that stands out in there, it's about the, it's a true story about this man who sets out in college to interview all these famous entrepreneurs, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, all these people to know kind of what their secret was. Like what, how did they get where they are today? And one of the people he meets that mentors him has a quote and he, the quote just, I think about it all the time. It's mystery makes history. And his theory is people who are actually doing cool shit don't have time to post their cool shit on social media. And that was like, you know what? It's true. Do I need validation that my vacation is amazing? No, I don't. It is amazing. Something that like two years ago, I wouldn't have been able to pay for. And I paid for almost the whole thing myself. And I feel amazing about that. But like, I also didn't have to prove that to anybody, you know? And that felt really good. And I think that book, if I hadn't read that, I might not have had the same experience um, feeling like I didn't need to share any of it if I didn't want to. Totally. Yeah, I think that's a, just a weird part of being an entrepreneur is you're like, everything is work. Even your vacation turns into content or this turns into that. And and sometimes that feels fun. And sometimes it's like, maybe I just want this for myself. Maybe I just want it to be for me. Um, like, I feel that way about my friendships. Like, I don't really post about my friendships online. 
And because I'm like, they feel very, very special to me. And so I kind of keep them to myself, you know, and that feels, I don't know. Do you guys have something like that, that you're like, I don't really share about this. Um, I don't really share a lot about my partner on my social media. Um, partly because he doesn't like social media and doesn't really interact with it himself, but also my marriage was very intertwined with my business. Um, and then that was made my divorce feel extra hard because I had to really explain out to everybody all the time, like, where's this person? And I'm like, we're not together any longer, you know, and that just felt like it made it even harder. So I don't know if it was like a conscious choice, but it definitely feels better to not involve him in my business in our like social media. I have a private Instagram where I would maybe share stuff with him, but the people that are a part of that account are people that I actually know in real life and have relationships with. And, and it feels better than to involve him in my business accounts. I don't know. Do you have anything? Yeah. I, I, it's not, not specific, but, um, again, as I was like, deconstructing my identity and like the separation of me and my business this year, it was really like, um, actually we had a mastermind call and Detona said something that was really beautiful. That was like, you don't have to, Oh, I don't remember how she, she said it beautifully as she always does. But it was something along the lines of like, sometimes you can just talk about Mark, like you can just market or like, Oh, this is what it was. It was an example about like candles or something that she saw on Instagram. And like, we've all seen like the very intense, like, super vulnerable posts where like the owners cry and like sharing all their life. And she's like, that's cool. And if you want to share that, that's totally fine. But like, you also can just talk about candles. You also can just talk about socks. And that was so freeing to me. Like, yes, it's nice to share those things when you want to share them, when it feels like relevant, where it's something that like, again, you're offering up, but like, I don't have to sell myself to be in business. And like, I can just talk about the awesome things that I'm doing. And if I want to post a picture from my vacation, I can, but that's not required. And I feel like that was just like, like mind blown when she said that to me, like, just talk about candles. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. I think we tend to overcomplicate it or feel like we have to lay our lives bare out on social media to be relevant. And if that's something, you know, if you want to share about your marriage, if you want to share about your children, if you want to share about your dog, like your vacation, you can. And that's totally, if that's something you're comfortable with, then then go ahead and do it. But you also don't have to, like to have people want to interact and engage and buy what you're selling. Um, and I think there was a while there where it felt so much pressure that you have to, you're the brand, you're you're the marketing, you know? And I think it's starting to, to adjust, but I feel like there was a, point, a while there where if like, if you're not being vulnerable, if you're not showing your face, if you're not showing your life, no one's going to care. Um, and I, I don't know that that's necessarily true, which I think is a good thing. Totally. I do too. Um, well, what is something that you learned about yourselves on, um, on the sabbatical, or maybe you knew it about yourself, but you're like, Oh yes, I relearned this lesson or this thing. Um, you know, either something that you need or something that you realize is really good for you to incorporate into your everyday life. Like what's something you you saw in sabbatical? I think for me, it was just leaning into the in-person connections. I feel like this is a really weird thing maybe to talk about, but like when you're in online business, you have a lot of online friends and like, I love to death my online friends. Like 
Kristen and Jen, I tell you all the time, you guys are like the best people I know. But also realizing that there's like, honestly, like a, it sounds dumb to say, but like a real world out there with like people and just like staying really present and how valuable that is in the whole self. Um, Cause I do think again, with like getting wrapped up in like working all the time with always marketing your businesses, always listening to a podcast, always, you know, trying to do the next thing. It's really hard to, um, or I guess it's really easy to miss the present moment. It's really easy to not feel really grounded and like really sure in who you are as a person. And I feel like that was like the biggest gift to me. And sabbatical was like really leaning into the personal connections, really finding my ground. Um, and again, giving myself space and time to like get bored and figure out what I want to do. And like, you know, the things that really matter. That's awesome. Oh, I feel like this is a hard question for me. Um, <laughs> it revealed to me that I have a very hard time not working partly because I don't want to disappoint anyone or f- I don't, I didn't want anyone to think I was being selfish by taking an extended amount of time off or that I didn't care about my clients or that I didn't, wasn't good at my job. Like that was a fear that I think I always knew I had, but I didn't realize like how prevalent it was. But one thing that I really loved so much about the time that I was able to take, especially with like my partner is that like connection that I think we kind of all as humans get very swept up in the like responsibilities and all the things you have to do to just make money and keep your household running. And as women, I think it's even more so we hold a lot of emotional weight. Like, you know, I get up this morning, my partner's (laughs) drinking coffee on the couch. There's recycling on the counter, the dog bowls empty. Like I see those things and he doesn't necessarily, and I think that's common with women. And so those daily frustrations build up, but that vacation and going somewhere with him where we could just be away from like the home, our work, um, it allowed me to really remember like why we're together, like why I chose to be with him because that day-to-day stuff just piles up sometimes. And I think it also made me appreciate my work because I did miss it. I was like, I actually do like this. I love what I do. I really like my clients. Like, so it kind of, you know, not only personally, but professionally kind of reminded me like why I'm doing what I'm doing and what it means to me. I'm like getting emotional about this. I don't know why (laughs) this is surprising. Um, but just feeling like it gave me the space to focus on things that do really matter to me, um, that I don't always take the time for in my daily life. And it just made me want to make more time for those things. So I don't know. Now I'm like, I feel weird. (laughs) I love it. No, I love that. I think that's one of the the best parts about sabbatical is connecting. And like that was a big theme in both of your sabbaticals is the connections with people you really care about and the connections with your family and yourself and is a big theme for me too. And I mean, I, I tend to put myself at the bottom of the barrel always. And so when I can give myself the gift of like letting people love me too and like letting people care for me and letting, you know, getting to do that mutual connecting and bonding is so nice. And then can come back to the things that I really love. Cause I really love my work too. And it's hard to step away from it because I'm like, but I love that. Um, but that perspective is always so good for me too. Yeah. I think for me too, it was like, I love my work, but why do I love it? And I think before sabbatical, I would have just said, 
because I like feeling productive and I like to be busy and I like feeling useful. But I think it came down to more than that after that month off and a little bit of space to realize like, I also like my job, not just for me, but I also know I make a big difference for people. And that is really rewarding. I feel like I make a difference in people's businesses and and it's not so much about, I just do this because I like being productive. It's like, I like making an impact and I like having a connection and feeling like I can see growth in someone else's life um, as well as my own. And so like, I don't know that I would have realized that otherwise. Totally. Well, are you going to take a sabbatical next year? <laughs> just laughter, just quiet laughter. Um, I think I will. I think again, it'll, it's always about discipline with me, right? It's about honestly saying out loud that I will take a sabbatical, um, having people like you and Jen to hold me accountable to that. Um, but I do see the value in it. I think it was like, again, huge for me. Um, but it is hard to say, like, I will take another month off work because it does also still feel scary. I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to make changes. So it feels better for me. Um, I think, you know, not only like I'm going to be bored, but I was also worried about finances. And actually that month was my highest month of the year, which was crazy. Like I rested and actually (laughs) was more successful. And so I think having that information now, it feels like my world's not going to fall apart and I'm going to be, you know, homeless living in a van by the river. And that was a fear, a genuine fear. Like if I stop working for a month, my clients won't want to work with me. And it really was not true. So it kind of proved that to me. So I think I'd like to, I do, I do plan on, and on taking July next year and not working and really not working this time. I feel like I'm not, I'm, I don't hide this very well, but my plan is to get everyone on my schedule so we can go vacation anywhere we want to. And I have people to go with me. So it's definitely selfish that I'm trying to get everyone that I love to take July off. With pure heart motivation. (laughs) Your motivation's in the right place. Yeah. No, I'm so glad. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I took July off one year years ago. Well, I took I took it off one year to go on a road trip. And then I took it off the next year to have a baby. It was like my maternity leave. And then the next year for a family vacation. And then hadn't taken it off in a while. And actually July had been a month that I get really depressed because it's the longest time Hudson's away from me since we've, he's lived in two houses. Um, and so a lot of times I have a really, really hard July. And so part of planning, planning to take it off again was like going to prioritize the the things that make me feel connected and grounded and healthy so that it's not a pattern of like ending up in this really unhealthy place every July. So I do think it's good to notice our own patterns and notice like when your clients are off doing things and busy and don't, you know, like no one wants to do anything in July. If you're a wedding photographer, like people don't want to get married in July. So anyway, it's just like noticing your patterns and be able to find that time to pour back into you because that's such a big part of running a sustainable business. One that's going to last more than a couple years is like getting those times where you can remember you're a person apart from it and enjoy your own life. <laughs> 
And then it will still be there when you come back. It'll I think still be that, there. <laughs> I think as entrepreneurs, we're, you know, it's self-centered in a way. We're like, the world will literally stop. My clients will fall apart. <laughs> no one will know what to do without me. And really, it's like really freeing to see that like people are still thriving. People still want to work with you. The world moves on and you don't disappear just because you take some time off. And I think a good thing to mention is that we prepared our clients for a very long time that this was happening. So communication, preparing people ahead of time um, is so key because at least in our businesses, there aren't a ton of emergencies as long as you give people enough heads up and say like, hey, we're here to handle anything you might have in June because July we're out of the office or whatever. So that's something that I feel like I want to it's like people start getting used to it that you're not there in July, the more you do it too. Um, and hopefully it gives people permission to also take their own, their own trips and their own sabbaticals in the summer. Yeah. I definitely think that it's something that when I take on new clients, you know, in the future, I'll just be like, and I don't work in July. So we can figure something out, but that's not a month that I'm available. <laughs> it feels so hard to even say that, but I know that it's necessary and people will respect that boundary. No one's going to be like, oh, I can't believe you take a vacation. Yeah. I'd be like, maybe I should do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've had so many people say that to me. They're like, I want to do that. I'm like, you can, you just plan ahead. And a lot of our clients took a sabbatical too, which is so fun. But yeah, it's kind of like a bigger picture of, hey, I don't work on the weekends or I don't work on Fridays or whatever. Just that times a few. (laughs) I think it's so interesting and I know we're going to wrap this up, but like one thing that I feel like is hard for entrepreneurs, especially if they have worked in like a corporate job, is that corporate America really it you know it's not necessarily always about productivity it's like your butt just needs to be in this chair for 40 hours a week I don't care if you accomplish your tasks or not like obviously that's the goal but like you're required to be available and at work from you know nine to five or nine to six or whatever and then you know your weekend's free and you maybe get a week of paid vacation or something and then as entrepreneurs we get to decide how many hours we work, what hours we work. Do we want to work from two to five? Or do we want to work from seven to noon? Um, we don't work Fridays. We can take the weekends off. Like you get to decide that and we still stick to the corporate model. And I mean, that can go down a whole rabbit hole because I think it's related to how we build, you know, schooling and all that to train people to be really good employees. And that conditioning just bleeds into the entrepreneur space too. And so I think seeing people doing things differently gives people permission, even though they've had it all along (laughs) when you run your own business, it gives people the permission to say like, wait, I don't have to do it this way just because that's how it's always been done. And I get to decide now, not someone who doesn't even know my name making the schedule. So true. That's a great note to end on. Run your mic drop, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so honored that I got the last word. (laughs) Well, thanks for being on the porch cast with me and thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again next time.